Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Betting LA episode 35. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. You can find me, as always, on Twitter at smaxwell713, joined by my co-host, Chris Lewart. And Chris, this is our first episode in about three weeks. We've had some scheduling issues. We apologize to our audience for that. But we're back. We're hungry. We're getting closer and closer to March Madness. We're in the swing of things with the NBA. And, of course, the XFL just getting going now. How are you on this fine Thursday evening? I'm doing well, and I was actually glad we took three weeks off, and I'll tell you why. It warmed the cockles of my heart when somebody actually reached out to me and said, hey, man, like you guys are going to keep doing this, right? <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, that, uh, that made me happy. Uh, there was a fan out there who was wondering where we were. Um, but, yeah, uh, um, good to be back, good to, good to talk about some gambling, good to, uh, good to speak to you again. Always is a pleasure, and let's just get some administrative stuff out of the way here since it has been a few weeks since we have recorded. We are on the Believe Podcast Network, and this is an L.A.-centric, betting-focused podcast, but we have some fun here. We talk about sports. This is a essentially a sports talk radio show where we focus on sports gambling. You can find this podcast and all of the other great Believe podcasts. They're firing out new ones all the time. There's a a Titans one that's brand new, a couple of NFL-centric, team-specific ones uh, that have former players and local broadcasters. Those are going to be great resources all off-season long and, of course, into the NFL season. You can find us and all the other Believe podcasts at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. Again, you can find me on Twitter, smaxwell713, and I omitted saying your Twitter handle, Chris, is probably how that person, your fan, our fan, got in touch with you. He is available at Lumandingo Rock and Stag Capital is at Stag Cap. That is one word, S-T-A-G-C-A-P. This podcast can be found along with all the other great podcasts wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. So, uh, you can find this, and, and we appreciate all the support. We appreciate all the fandom, and we'll take the criticism and feedback in any way you want to give it to us as well. We, as we mentioned, Chris, are in the middle of the NBA season, but of course, we would be remiss if we did not at least mention the Kobe Bryant Memorial earlier this week. It was extremely touching. You know, I had a thought while watching that that was probably collectively the greatest assembly of, of basketball greats, and that includes women's greats coaches college coaches nba players at one time in one place probably in the history of basketball it was pretty remarkable to see you know obviously everyone wanted to be there uh, because he was such a marquee player for so many years and such a great friend of the community for the women's basketball uh community um but you know when they were kind of just showing the crowd it was like oh wow there's Steph Curry, there's michael jordan wow there's uh steve nash oh my god there's jason kidd there's <laughs> gina armiama there's here's sabrina ionescu the best college player for women's basketball right now it, it was on and on and on it was a really special uh you know couple hours they're watching that tribute uh, it was absolutely just heartbreaking to see vanessa bryant speak uh, to the crowd michael jordan's speech was incredible um there are some really really great speeches out there but that was really the main thought i had is uh, there was so much respect for Kobe Bryant throughout the basketball community, throughout the women's basketball community specifically. It was just a testament, really, to how much he meant to the game to see who showed up for that memorial. 
Yeah. I wonder, uh, for those of you that have gotten married, um, I want to know who had to do the seating chart for that. <laughs> um, that must've been an absolute nightmare. And, uh, the crying, crying Jordan referencing crying Jordan was, oh, that was amazing. Yeah. Was, was a, a 10, um, really, really top notch. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess, you know, a, a sad and solemn occasion, but, um, I, I got a big chuckle out of, out of Jordan doing that yeah, and, you did a great and did. yeah, enjoyed, enjoyed watching it. But yeah, the guy was really, it's, you know, one of those things that you, obviously he's Kobe Bryant, but you know, I'm sure there's plenty of those things that those guys could have thought up a million reasons to not have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but people came out. So, uh, yeah, good times. Yes. And, uh, you know, rest in peace to Kobe and Gianna Bryant and of course all of the other victims from that unfortunate tragedy last month. It's hard to believe he's already been gone uh, a full month, and uh, you know the basketball community is still certainly reeling. But let's transition. Let's talk about the NBA. And uh, we're in late February. We're recording this, for all transparency, Thursday evening, February 27th. So we are rapidly approaching the end of the NBA regular season. Things are starting to formalize here. The Western Conference standings are pretty fluid, but they're, you know, at least at the top, they're they're likely set that rates for the eight seed uh, will be excellent. But of course, the Lakers are still in first place. They're playing tremendous basketball. Uh, as we mentioned over, uh, you know, when the trade deadline happened about a month ago or three weeks ago now, I guess, the Lakers uh, stayed pat, but they're still playing good basketball. They will, of course, still be a formidable and, and likely a favorite uh, in the Western Conference. They're 44 and 12. They're first, of course, in the Western Conference. Now, the Lakers are playing good basketball. They are playing this evening, Chris, and they also are playing on Saturday. So we're not going to have a line for that game because uh, obviously they play tonight here. But just give me your general thoughts, your Lakers uh, heading into March. How do you feel about their chances? Uh, I've actually, I've got, yeah, this doesn't help anybody, but I don't mind putting out there what I'm doing. I have the Lakers minus 10 tonight. Um, I think they're rolling on all cylinders. Uh, I think I think they're poised to. They're exactly where they need to be. I think they've basically got the one seed locked up. Um, I'm encouraged. I you know said at the beginning of the season, take the under on everybody playing games. Take the under on Kawhi. Take the under on Paul George. Take the under on Vaughn and Anthony Davis. I've been really surprised, pleasantly, and I think it's good for the product and good for the league how much those guys have been playing. Uh, even though I think LeBron is taking a, a day off here with a with a groin injury, I say that in quotation marks. But still, um, this has got to be the most games he's he played. He did hurt his groin very yeah. recently in his career, so maybe it's, there's some validity to that injury. Maybe got to be uh, got to be the most games he's played in a few years, I would think. Uh, but I think it shows it's it's you know it's one of those things that even if you're a world class athlete, there's something to be said about you know being warm and the consistency and the routine of doing all those things. So. Um, you know, with the season started, I think uh, the Clippers built the team just to stop LeBron James. But as the season's gone on, you know, the Clippers look. Is Paul George even on the Clippers? I don't. I feel like I don't even know if he's there. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that when we, get, when we transition yeah. over to the Clippers. Let's just so, uh, just our yeah. thoughts on the Lakers first. Yeah, the foil, the foil between the two teams. Uh, you couldn't really be in a better position right now if you're the Lakers. And I can't tell you the last time I took a Lakers bet, like a Lakers favorite spread. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took it tonight. Shockingly, uh, it was a strong bet. So that that goes a lot to tell you how how they're playing and how the market's reacting to it. Lakers have won six straight games. They haven't lost since February sixth. I think that was the, the date of our last recording. It's been that long since the Lakers last lost. <laughs> and I'm going to jinx them tonight. Watch them watch them somehow lose ten points in a row and eight out of nine. They've only wa- lost one total game in the month of February. They wrap it up in February with the game that you spoke this evening. They're at Golden State uh, in about an hour here. 
And, of course, Saturday, they are at Memphis. They're in a three-game road trip right now, but they are surging at the right time. They're playing excellent basketball. And, of course, they are the odds-on favorite to win the Western Conference and probably win the NBA Finals as well. Of course, Milwaukee will be a very formidable opponent in the Finals if both those teams make it that far. Let's transition. Let's talk about the other team in Los Angeles, and that is, of course, the Clippers. They are finally, Chris, getting healthy. They have Pat Beverly back. They finally have Paul George back, you mentioned. Uh, <laughs> what a, what a great pickup. What a great pickup they got. Came some guys. The earlier this week after lingering injuries for both. Uh, and they are actually 6-0, a perfect 6-0 record when they have their full allotment of players when they are fully healthy. So while they will not have home court advantage throughout the playoffs, very likely because uh, the Lakers seemingly have that wrapped up, they are probably the team that would scare me the most, certainly if I'm a Lakers fan. And, and quite honestly, I, I've felt this all year, Chris. If both these teams are fully healthy, I still think this Clippers team potentially can beat this Lakers team, uh, and, and it may not even be that close. This Clippers team has... Uh, in my opinion, the best player on the floor in Kawhi, of course. Uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James have something to say about that. But just the matchups. And, and, this, and this Clippers team is very deep. They can go 10 deep. They are tenacious. They're great defensively. Uh, I do like Doc Rivers as a, as a coach. Uh, playoff coach has been there before. Uh, but we'll see. You know, if, if we finally can get a hallway series between the Clippers and the Lakers, that would be amazing television. It would be great for the league. It would be great for both these teams to not have to travel uh, for a week, they can sleep in their own beds and, and use their own locker rooms. That would be a lot of fun. I'm hoping we get to see that. The Clippers have won back-to-back games after a three-game losing streak, uh, and they are, I believe, they're in second place. Yeah, they are 39 and 19, second place in the division. Uh, I think last time I looked, they were in third place. Let me pull up the standings here, just for full transparency. We want to make sure we get this right for everybody. But the Clippers, Chris. They're finally getting healthy, and that really, really matters this time of year. Yes, they're one game behind the Nuggets for second place, but the Rockets one game behind them uh, for, for, for third place. They're in third place right now, the Clippers. So um, we'll see. But the Clippers finally getting healthy. They have a game tomorrow evening, so let's discuss that one. The Clippers are taking on those Nuggets. This is a huge, huge game in the standings. Clippers are five-and-a-half-point road favorites, believe it or not, and this over-under is 218-and-a-half. This one's tomorrow evening, Chris, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. What are your thoughts just in general on the Clippers finally getting healthy and then specifically on this game tomorrow? Yeah, I think overall they need to they need to get get healthy, which I guess they're doing, but they need to play like these guys. <clears throat> I think Paul George needs to needs to get in a rhythm, needs to play, needs to learn his teammates, <clears throat> needs to needs to move around because I think it's they're you know built on that entire premise that they face the Lakers and they can throw four different guys at LeBron. Like they're going to let. Anthony Davis score, you know, 50. Um, it's about slowing down LeBron and not letting him get anybody else involved. And they're going to throw Beverly at him and George at him and Kawhi at him. And, you know, Morris will probably body him up just to knock him around, you know, a couple times. But for those guys to be in a position to do that, they need to actually, I think, play some of these games. Um, it's going to be hard when the Lakers have basically been playing together the entire yeah. season and the Clippers have been so in and out. So uh, I look for that. I also put this in your back pocket. That first game, should we get, you know, second round, third round, whatever it may be, uh, Clippers-Lakers matchup, just take the over on Anthony Davis those first two games on points. <laughs> just grab him because um, that their entire their entire game plan is to let him score as much as he wants. Tomorrow night, uh, Nuggies at Clippers. Nothing was offsides as far as the lines go. Um, money line for the Nuggets was a little okay. If you're kind of fading the Clippers right now and you're not believing in them, I'd go ahead and grab the Nuggets money line as soon as you can. I saw it at plus 195. 
Uh, I'd like to see it maybe 197, 198, but that's not a terrible bet. Greedy over here. Three yep. points you want, huh? Yep, every little bit counts. <laughs> and uh, if you are a Clippers fan and you're you're getting down with other Clippers or maybe they got their guys back so they're going to come out firing, uh, I'd grab them right now on the spread. I think they're, mm-hmm. they're minus five and a half. Uh, I think that's probably going to move to minus six, and uh, you would be shocked over the course of a season how much that half point matters. Uh, so grab the, grab the Clippers now if you like them. And I misspoke earlier. You actually corrected me, so I'm glad you did. It's actually in Los Angeles at the Staples Center, so the five and a half certainly makes sense. Uh, I like the over in this game. I think that the Clippers are going to handle this one not not easily, but to the point where the Nuggets are playing catch-up uh, late in this game, and the Nuggets can score uh, with the best of them here. So I think this is going to go over, 218 and a half. But that would be my pick. I'm staying away from the spread, uh, although I, if I had to choose, I would think that the Clippers will cover this. But the Nuggets are a really good team, and there's a lot on the line tomorrow evening. So uh, your, do you have a pick for this game? You just said nothing's offsides. Do you, do you like anything? Yeah, anything no, nothing's offsides. Yeah. But put it, <clears throat> I mean, you could put down, this doesn't make any sense, but if I were to bet, bet two things, depending on which side you got on, I would go nuggets money line, or I would go uh, Clippers okay. spread. Way to take the very uh, politically correct <laughs> lane there. I mean, we're right in the midst of, uh, of the democratic primaries. So uh, I, I don't blame you for taking that approach. Um, from the pros to the college ranks here, last time we spoke, you kind of put an ultimatum on UCLA basketball. Maybe not last time, but, but mid to late January. Yeah, probably, uh, when, yeah, when probably they were not uh, hot. Uh, they have since rattled off five straight wins. They're one of the hottest teams in America. 17-11. They're 10-5 in conference. They play uh, Arizona State this evening at the Poly Pavilion. This UCLA team is flirting with a postseason berth, a, a tournament berth, and their very first season under head, new head coach Mick Cronin. As we mentioned, uh, this is not the easiest system to implement, but once they did, we thought they were going to be just fine. I was not one of those people that was worried about Mick Cronin. Yes, I was worried about UCLA taking a very, very long time to find a coach, and a lot of people turning them down. That was worrisome for the long-term outlook of the program, but for the short term, I thought it was a great hire. This is the type of college basketball that wins and lo and behold, they've rattled off five straight wins. They've won nine of 11, and they're playing excellent basketball. They're playing tremendous defense. They play this evening, as we mentioned. Saturday, they're hosting the Arizona Wildcats. But UCLA, realistically, Chris, has a chance, uh, which is not something we thought we'd say about a month ago. For sure. And uh, I'll you know take full credit for it that some assistant trainer was listening to our <laughs> podcast and said, hey. They're, they're the fan that they hit you up on Twitter. Yeah. This <laughs> fat idiot. Zero, that's what you should be saying. <laughs> yeah. Bad idiot said, "Keep fading UCLA." Um, but yeah, I, I wonder if they're if the coaches turning that program down was more of an indictment of the administration than it was the program. I feel like mm-hmm. then that's what I was trying. That's what I was trying to get across is you got to give the coach a minute, especially a system like Chronic Runs, right? Like let him recruit for three or four years, let his players understand the system, uh, and make a judgment. Then you got to get off this. You know, uh, we're UCLA, so we, you know, we should just automatically be good. Like, you know, John Wooden's a long time ago, build the program again. What Wooden was there for a million years, and you know what he did? He built the program. Um, You've got to give him a chance to do that. Back to back championship appearances, back to back final. So, and it was using a very, very similar system to what they're running now. Yeah, and I think uh, especially, so I'm going to be involved in more than a couple uh, March Madness Calcuttas which is basically you bid on teams. It's like a, it's like a market bid, you know, $10 on this team, $20 on this team. I think there is going to be a ton of value in Pac-12 teams. Uh, that might be harder for our audience if you're not playing on a national level. And, yeah, right? 
Um, I love, love, love. Oh, if UCLA goes in at like an eight seed or a nine seed or something, I would just, I would be all over that. I think UCLA is going to make some noise if they get into the tournament. They're um, not a and they're, right now, sure. yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think they look good. Uh, I think they're going to keep playing like that. This is the right time of year to, to be peaking and what there's two weeks left in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the PAC 12 regular season. And then, yeah. uh, then it's go so time, it's go time in Vegas. 15, so we're, we're rapidly approaching here. Flipping the script to the other team, you know, SC was playing great ball. They had a great record. They were 17-5 and five, uh, when they played Colorado February 1st. Since then, Chris, they've lost 5-7, of seven, including an absolutely dreadful loss last Sunday to the Utah Utes. Uh, that was a devastating loss for SC. And right now, they're one of the first four teams out amongst most of the bracketologists out there. They play Arizona tonight, Arizona State at home on Saturday, and then UCLA on March 7th. They essentially have to win out, I think, uh, at least in the regular season, in order to have a shot. Uh, if they, you know, obviously, if they win the Pac-12 tournament, they'll be just fine. If they can round off a couple of nice wins there, maybe they'll have a chance. But right now, they're on the outside looking in. Uh, they have not done a good job playing against quality opponents. They've basically beaten everyone they should have, except for Utah. And they've lost everyone with a pulse. So this is dire times for the SC Trojans. What are your thoughts on these next two games? I think I would do two things. I would probably actually take USC in these next two games. I think... <clears throat> I just, it feel like I look at their roster and I just think they're a little bit unlucky. Like, I think there's been some injuries. Uh, I think it's one of those, you know, you get a bad call, you lose a game, you get down. It's, uh, they're another team that I really like. to make. 14 to Utah. That was not a close game. Yeah, that was not a close game. But I just, it's another one of those. I just, I think the market's going to overreact to it. I think people are going to fade them incredibly. If they stumble through these last 10 days of the, of the regular season, uh, put some money down on them in the Pac-12 and tournament. Just, yeah, just because, <laughs> just because I could. I mean, that's exactly the way it goes, right? Um, but leading into that too, I would, I would bet them with confidence these these next ten games. Uh, obviously, the lines are going to matter, and we don't have them, you know, for specifics. Ten games. But I just, you think they're making a deep deep run in March, huh? I just, I well, ten ten days. I know, so the I know what you meant. Yeah. I call. just. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I like UCLA better, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit if you see USC sneak into the tournament and knock somebody major off in, in the first round. It just, uh, I can't remember his name, nor can I pronounce it, the freshman um, that might win Pac-12 freshman of the year. Um, he is, he's dynamite. Um, and if he sticks around for a year or two or three. Uh, Congo. Yeah, Congo. that's right. Um they're going to do some damage, but uh, I I have no He's problem straight, putting yeah. money down. No no problem putting money down on UCLA or USC right now. Uh, mm-hmm. History notwithstanding for SC. Fair enough. Well, they need Okaku in a big way, and uh, this happened a lot over the tenure of Andy Enfield. A lot of talented teams that end up kind of underachieving. That's not what you want from any program, certainly. All right. Well, that. Sums up that that finishes off our basketball discussion. Now we're gonna get back to what we do best, and that's talk about football. And the XFL is, uh, you know, we're seeing some entertaining games here. The Wildcats get their first win of the year last week when they defeated the DC Defenders, the formerly undefeated DC Defenders, thirty-nine to nine at home. They're back on the road this week, where they had a dreadful uh, debut in Week One. They're playing the New York Guardians this one Saturday. At 11 a.m. Pacific time, that's an ABC. The as we mentioned, the Wildcats are own one on the road. They only had that first game where they lost 37-17 to the Houston Roughnecks. Meanwhile, the Guardians, their only home win of the season came in that opening week. They defeated the Vipers, who 
Uh, many people think are one of the worst teams in this league. 23-3. to Since then, Chris, they've been outscored 56-9 to <laughs> the last two games. So uh, it, it is, uh, you know, I'm surprised. When I saw the line, I'm surprised here that the Wildcats are seven-point dogs. The over-under is 40 points. The Wildcats really dominated that game last week. Yes, they are going west to east. They are playing early. They're playing an early afternoon game on the East Coast. So those are a lot of the metrics I think that are people are basing this line off of here. But we're still too early in the XFL season to really know these teams, really know if what we think we know about betting professional football applies to the XFL. So it'll be interesting to see. But again, the only win so far the Guardians have is against the 0-3 Tampa Bay Vipers. So I'm jumping all over this Wildcats plus seven. I love it. And I actually like the over as well. We're deep enough into the season. We're not just blindly taking unders anymore. But I'm going to go ahead and stick to just betting on the, the spread here. And I like it. Wildcats plus seven. What are is, your it, is it Wildcats plus seven or is it Wildcats minus seven? That would make a big difference. So let's, let's go ahead and verify yeah. that here. But, but give, me your, give me your thoughts here. Wildcats finally on the board with a the win. They dominated last week. What are your thoughts about this team? So I think, yeah, I think they're, you know, they kicked me in the butt in the first game. Uh, although some I, prognosticators seem to think that Houston is probably the best team in the XFL. Um, so maybe not the worst loss in the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're definitely better than the Guardians. If, if I have this right, isn't Matt? Yeah, okay, you, you're right. You're right. It's, it's the opposite of what I said. The Wildcats are 7-point favorites here so obviously yeah. that changes the discussion quite a bit um what are your thoughts then on wildcats minus seven over under is 40 so i think assuming that because i think matt mcgloin is the quarterback of the guardians and if i've watched matt mcgloin he stinks he stinks if he didn't have al robinson as a as a as a receiver yeah. at penn state uh matt mcgloin <laughs> would not be anywhere near sniffing <laughs> it's actually wild how one player can make an entire career and that's what's happened for matt mcgloin he flamed out in the nfl and he has been just dreadful yeah. in the xfl yeah, so I can't imagine that New York is going to continue to start him uh, for that very reason. I just I don't want to pay the price right now for Wildcats minus seven at minus one twenty five. That's just it's just way too much. It is an early line. Maybe it'll get down there. I take them at minus one fifteen because I think they are a better team. But if I have to put money down on it, and I will, uh, Guardians plus seven plus one oh seven is is the better play. And if you hate both of those things. The under 40 at minus 110, if you can find it, is not a terrible bet either. But Wildcats, definitely a better team. And oh my God, if Matt McGloin trots out there to take that first series, light your money on fire if you bet the Guardians, because he is awful. Yeah, I mean, I would not want to put money on Matt McGloin either. <laughs> um, you know, I think we're into the season enough to just to not just blindly bet unders like we were those first couple of weeks. But uh, I like the Wildcats here. Uh, I, I think they're going to go out there and, and they're going to thoroughly dominate this game. Their defense looked great last week against a quality opponent in the, in the defenders. I know going west to east and playing early uh, isn't ideal, but we don't necessarily know if the trends that we've come to really rely upon in both college football and in the NFL really translate to the XFL. It's a different game. It's a different league. It's a much smaller league. Um, yes, those are things that we have to take into consideration, but they don't mean the same as they do when you have, uh, you know, decades of data, uh, data, excuse me. So, um, it'll be fun And the Wildcats are playing good ball. And, you know, this is a kind of a must win game. If they, uh, think that they have a chance to, uh, defend their championship as defending XFL champs, <laughs> 18 seasons. So, uh, it'll be fun, but the Wildcats are, are, are a good, good team. And, and the XFL is a good product. So go ahead and give that. Uh, a view this weekend, week four of the XFL season. Any final thoughts here, Chris? I believe in betting LA episode 35. 
Glad to be back. Glad to uh, talk to you again. Glad to bet some basketball. Oh, God, March Madness. Oh, it's going to be so Round great. Court, baby. It's yeah, the- can't wait when the when the real basketball starts and some guy you never heard of is beating your <laughs> your pick to win it all. He keeps, you know, you yeah. get pit snoggled. It's a callback. Uh, West Virginia oh, wow. killing it's Lake Forest. Yeah, that yeah, guy, I mean, that guy... Yeah, I, I know. I digress, but he hit like six three-pointers. Uh, just <laughs> ridiculous. So uh, I hope nobody gets pit-snoggled this March Madness. Uh, yeah. But good luck this weekend, everybody. All right. Well, that wraps up episode 35 of Believe in Betting LA. We will try to make this a more regular thing again. We hopefully will not have the same scheduling issues that we had over the last several weeks. We have some fun things coming up here, including, as Chris mentioned, Selection Sunday is just a couple weeks away, and then we have March Madness and then the NBA playoffs. So for the Believe Podcast Network, for Stack Capital, for Chris Lewert, I'm Sam Maxwell. Thank you guys very much for listening, and have a great evening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.